Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world representing many disciplines about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is John Hewlin, your host, and I am thrilled to be able to introduce you to my guest this week. It is two-time Olympic silver medalist, Monica Abbott. She is such a wonderful person. I had such a great time spending with her, talking with her, getting to know more about her and her life, not only as an Olympian, but as a professional softball player, a recently retired professional softball player. She is a professional speaker and coming out with her very first book very, very soon called Rise and Shine, The Monica Abbott Story. So you guys sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin. As always, so thrilled you decided to spend some of your hard-earned time with me today. And as you heard from the introduction that I gave earlier, I have two-time Olympian and 17 championship title holding Monica Abbott with me today. Monica, how are you? Hey, everyone. Nice to be here. And thanks for connecting with me to, you know, give me a chance to be on your podcast. Well, thank you for accepting. Really glad that you're here today. Glad to be able to talk with you, learn more about you, what it is that you're doing in the world, because it is making a difference. Now, folks, for those of you who don't know as much about Monica, let me as you always know, I have my handy-dandy notes because I'm prepared for every interview I do. Let me tell you a little bit more about Monica. As I mentioned, she is a two-time Olympian. She holds 17 championship titles. I'm talking about in softball. She is an amazing pitcher. I've, I've watched her pitch before. It's, it's a sight to behold, truly. When did it you is. watch me pitch? <laughs> I've watched you pitch in the Olympics. Oh, okay. Just making sure you were tuning in. Absolutely. I paid attention. I know what's okay. going on. It's just whew, the things that you do. Oh, my goodness. We are going to get into all of that. Um, she's played professional softball or 16 years. Am I right? Or am I off on that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 14. I played professionally 14 years in Japan. I think 16 years in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. 20 years if you count college. Oh yeah, it, it, trust me, that all counts. All like of that college counts. these days, college is almost like pro. <laughs> mm -hmm, it's like sure. the precursor to pro professional athletes. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, in addition to that, Monica's also a motivational speaker. Uh, she played, as she said, it was in Japan, so that's Toyota softball, correct? Yeah, for Toyota, yeah. For Toyota, and she played Team USA, because obviously she was in the Olympics, folks, for America. That's uh, right. That's right. She's a uh, private coach and clinician. See, that's a hard word to say. So you have, I had to really focus in and say that word right. Um, certainly a pitching expert. She is the author of the soon-to-be-released book. I want to make sure I get this right. 
Rise and Shine, the Monica Abbott story. Yes, soon to be released. You can actually pre-order it now or if it's sometime late March. I'm hoping you're holding it in your hands, but um, <laughs> yeah, exciting. It was a long process, but happy to um, have kind of like my journey through sport be on the written page. Absolutely. You know, it's a shame that most people, unfortunately, die with their stories inside them. I'm glad that you are not one of them. Thanks. You're welcome. Now, she has one other title. But I guess when I mention it, she's probably going to say it's the most important one she holds, and that is wife. <laughs> My husband would say that. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> That's good. I like that. No, that really funny. he's been great. Um, yeah. Biggest All fan, right. biggest supporter. As he should be. Yep. He absolutely should be. Now, folks, there's some other things I want to mention about Monica, and these are, I'm going to kind of, underplay them but they're really a big deal so here's one of them in 2016 monica signed a landmark one million dollar contract with hold on i want to make sure it's scrapyard dogs of the national pro fast pitch softball league am i saying mm -hmm. that right yep okay she was the first ever million dollar deal it was the first ever million dollar deal for a woman playing on a team sport in the united states yes that's, that's right. huge. Yeah, and that was wasn't that long ago. No, isn't that crazy? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was 2016, um, the start of the kind of the women's movement, pay equity, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all those things. And it was a big deal, especially in a team sport, you know, and in a sport that isn't sounds bad but not that's not like tennis <laughs> you know tennis is one of the most you know they they've got it together thank you billy jean king you killed <laughs> it and um, have created so so many opportunities and of course they've trickled down into other sports but it was a huge deal and um opportunity and it was something that i knew i had to say yes to um not so much because of the playing or the contract because of the difference it could make for the next girl, right? The next mm -hmm. athlete um, and how that could impact every sport or women across, across the nation. Sure. Sure. Very impactful. I'll see. Now you've also created the uh, Monica Abbott scholarship. Now tell us about that. Yeah. So um, I started the Monica Abbott's uh, women's leadership scholarship. Um, in 2013, I wanted to, I was kind of been, I'd been pro, you know, a little bit, a little while. And I just felt like I wanted to have, I wanted a better way to give back. You know, I was giving mm -hmm. to different charities and stuff like that, but I wanted something that I felt like kind of hit, hit home a little bit more, um, especially for female athletes and especially in my sport. Um, the scholarship is about you know, those high school athletes that are going on to college um, and they need financial aid. That's really what it's about. They have mm. to, there's a couple of qualifications for it. You have to um, be a multi-sport athlete. Oops. So you can't be just, just a softball player. You have to be, you know, softball and basketball, softball and swimming, you know, softball and volleyball, whatever it is. And you don't necessarily have to be a softball player, but it's that. And we want some people that are, you know, leaders right like we yeah. want people that have leadership qualities 
because, you know, I believe that when you create opportunities for other people, it comes back. And mm. I feel like whether, whether those girls that receive the scholarship go on to be great college athletes or don't even play in college, you don't have to play softball in college. They still can have an impact on this world and in the sports world. So um, in whatever way that may be. So it's just a way to kind of step, help step up and give them a step up in life as they embark on their college journey. Okay, great. Now, folks, one of the things I mentioned a little bit ago was that Monica holds many, many records. And I'm going <laughs> to highlight just a few. And this is from her time at the University of Tennessee. So these are NCAA records. 189 victories. Mm-hmm. Let's see. 112 shutouts. Yep. Okay. Okay. That alone. I mean, I could should just let that kind of percolate. I mean, first of all, it doesn't matter the sport. In a sport where you can have a shutout. Now I realize like in basketball, you can't have a shutout, but shutouts are rare. Very, yeah. very rare. And the fact that you had so many of them over your career, it just blows my mind. Do you ever just sit back sometimes and just look at that and you're like, wow. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I I guess it's okay to say you do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really, I can't say that I really think about them that much, but when I, when I think back on my time at Tennessee and playing softball for the Lady Vols, um, I really just think about like that competitive fire, you know, and having an opportunity, you know, going to college was a really big deal for me. Um, and for like my community and my family. And I had a huge support system that was rooting for me. And then, you know, going to Tennessee, it was kind of far away. And I wanted to, I wanted to contribute. I wanted to be a part of the team and help, help the team win. And I knew that they needed me. They needed me <laughs> so it like, kind of like pumped me up, you know, like sure. knowing that you're needed and knowing mm. that you can help contribute in a big way. It made me really want to be successful um and and to help the team win and then you know if people don't score then you have a better chance of winning so (laughs) that's true (laughs) very true very true now on top of that 112 shutouts which is massively impressive 2440 total strikeouts Mm -hmm. in your career at university of tennessee yeah but a single season record of 724. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how many games that even is. Wow. Yeah, I averaged like, I was just under 13 strikeouts a game, I think. It was like 12. Wow. Six, maybe. At one time, at one time, I remember that my senior. So, that record was from my senior year of college. And at one point in the year, I remember I was averaging like 13.3 strikeouts a game. And then, you know, as the season gets on, you get a little bit more tired. The competition gets better. People know you and are adjusting. So like, then it went down to like 12, six, and then it was like 12, four, still like pretty incredible. Anytime yeah. I remember I had a coach that told me, you know, anytime a pitcher can get 10 strikeouts, that's a huge deal. Um, I, I just kind of 
I loved being able to strike out people. <laughs> that sounds yeah. crazy. <laughs> that sounds really like weird, but I'm, you know, I loved that one-on-one. I think not every sport has it. Um, mm-hmm. Softball is obviously softball and baseball, you know, we're team sports, but within an individual concept and yeah, when you're a hitter in the box, you're basically going like two on one. You're facing a catcher that's just going to catch the ball, call a sign maybe, and then a pitcher trying to execute a decision, right? Like a mm-hmm. decision from the catcher, the catcher made. And I just tried to execute those decisions, but in that heat of the moment, it's one-on-one, right? You know, head to head. And, um, I, I, I loved that. And then, um, I wasn't a, afraid to like go all into it. I just, I was like, ignorance is bliss. Like the less you yeah. the better, like don't yeah. think about the what ifs, <laughs> mm-hmm. just, like give it all you got in the moment. And, um, ended up with a crazy amount of strikeouts to go with that rise ball that was getting them. Mm. Yeah. Very nice. How'd you get into softball? Um, I actually I played softball because my older sister wanted to play. She was she came home from school with the flyer. Mm. All the kids on the block were playing. So why not you can play too? And for the first part of my softball career, I was like, you know, I was kind of the younger sister, the tag along. Mm. I wasn't really very good. My older sister was pretty good they asked her to be on you know all the little the better teams and stuff and then they had to, it was like you're on the team so let's you have to take the other sister you know <laughs> you don't just get one abbot you get the abbot sisters so mm-hmm. it was kind of like that for a while and then honestly i just my she got so good but then one year her team didn't have a pitcher so hmm. she decided that she'll help pitch the, for the team and um so she got a pitching lesson and I had to catch for her, which was miserable because <laughs> I was just the sister. I was just there for fun. <laughs> um, and after that, the coach, the pitching coach said to me, like, Monica, you know, you're not a good catcher. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's the position for you. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> And he got, he said, um, you know, but, you know, have you tried, have you tried pitching yet? I've heard you've tried all these other positions, your mom said, and have you tried to pitch yet? Um, I would love to try to teach you, you know, you're left-handed. And I feel like maybe that might be a better spot for you. Mm. And so about a month went by, maybe two months, and I kept asking my mom for a lesson and I kind of put some sweat equity into it, knowing that to prove to my mom that I actually wanted to do it and I was going to stick with it. And yeah. And I got that pitching lesson and kind of finally found a home within the team. I found a place where I could contribute um, and help the team be successful. And I just loved that. I love that story. I love how that started with, with your sister. Mm -hmm. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know how parents are, you know, Mm -hmm. I put both the kids into sports. Everyone's trying, you know, I'm sure, you know, we're recording this in the early spring is around the corner. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of rec recreation sports are starting and you're getting kids in baseball and signing up for softball. So that's um, right. You know, we did that too. And 
you got to start somewhere. You know, you got to start with T-ball and all those things and kind of see what clicks, you know, mm-hmm. for your kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For me, it, it, soccer was my thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, we tried soccer. We we did basketball and mm-hmm. volleyball and hockey and swimming and all the things, you know. Oh, yeah. So we tried it all. <laughs> right. Like you try it all. Like you try to mm-hmm. find the things and and it helps when you have a, your, you know, neighborhood kids to try and, OK, what are yeah. they doing? What sports are they playing at the park? You know, all those mm-hmm. things. So um, luckily for me, I kind of found softball. I think I started pitching when I was maybe 12, 13 years old, which nowadays nowadays sounds crazy because kids start so a lot younger. But yeah, um, at the time you know, 12, 13 years old, I started pitching and, um, I was like, oh, wow, I love this. Like I, I can actually help, help the team. I can, I, I, I can do this. Like I can be good at this, you know, and that's motivating and it's motivating, um, to the people around you too, because they see, you know, they see it light you up. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's contagious when you see, when you see someone else come to life, uh, with something that they're passionate about people want to help right people want to jump on that train and be a part of that journey with them sure sure so take us on your journey from those early days with your sister starting and finally discovering hey my place is pitching it's definitely not catching yeah not catching. and and the other stuff the other positions really didn't seem like a good fit but pitching was take us from those days how did you get to become an Olympian? Because it's not necessarily, I mean, as you know, the further along you go in sports, the field narrows significantly. Right, right. right. Yeah, it's like a pyramid, right? Like a funnel, mm-hmm. um, a funnel system. Yeah. Um. Well, how did I get to become an Olympian? I would just say that, you know, when I went to college, you know, I think having like these standout, records and mm-hmm. um, moments right like these moments and the things that I could do on the field you know you start to get recognized like hey this girl has some talent like let's mm-hmm. put her into the USA softball system and give her a chance and I remember the first you know national team um, the national team I was on you know I think I pitched we played all summer long we played all these big tournaments there's a bunch of s- stars on the team and yeah you know, you, you put in your dues, you, you play the role. And I think I pitched maybe, maybe 10 innings over like, wow, six, maybe five, six, five events. So, um, that had to be hard. And then I came, I was like, oh, that was such a good experience. I go back to college the next year and I'm like, okay, like had a little taste, right? Like you got Mm -hmm. a little taste and you're like, okay, like, what can I do to get better? Everyone, you got to like look at what you can do. Like, how can you analyze yourself, what you did, um, what you didn't do, the good things, the bad things, all of it. Um, and then I continued to like develop and mature as an athlete and as a person. And then the next mm-hmm. year I got more any a couple more innings and became a better help. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, the same. And as that happens, you know, people start to, you know, pay attention more. Um, and you got in the system and I was able to make the, I'm going to age myself, but the 2008 Olympic team and 
you know, I was the youngest player on that team. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of like how it all went down for me, I guess. And, gotcha. Yeah. Now, in order to get to that level, to become great, sacrifices have to be made. Mm -hmm. What would you say are some of the most significant sacrifices you had to make in order to get there? Um, and, you know, I think, I think one, you definitely have to prioritize is one big thing I would say. You have to prioritize like what's most important to you. Is it, okay. and that can change day to day, you know, or you could have broad ones and change and change. It can change day to day on what's going on in your, in your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think just time, right? Like time is probably the biggest sacrifice sometimes because you can't get a bat. Right. You know, um, yeah, I, you know, you miss you miss things like you miss things with family. Sometimes you miss things with friends or social events or different things like that. Um, you make sacrifices on where you spend your money on uh, who you're going to hang out with and you know, I thought this person was great, but they don't really like the fact that I'm not, that I prioritize, prioritize softball. Like you make, mm -hmm. you have to make those decisions. And, um, yeah. So I think one of the biggest sacrifice it, sacrifices is what are you going to prioritize in mm -hmm. your life that, um, you, what are you going to prioritize? And I think, um, oftentimes that is like the time the time that you're spending on certain things, um, whether it's social, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's working out, whether it's softball, like the time that you're going to put in. Um, mm -hmm. Gotcha. Now, during your days of playing on those, those higher level kinds of teams, like the Olympic teams, mm -hmm. Would you say the other players, did they become, were they your, your tight knit? You guys were a tight knit group. You guys were all friends and you hung out when you weren't playing or was it, we're just a team on the field? Um, no, I think anytime you're softball, you know, I've been really blessed with some great teammates and played on some really good teams with some amazing athletes um, and incredible people. But I really do think that, you know, you become, you become bonded by those experiences together on the field, at the practices, traveling together, yeah. um, the situations that you're put into. I mean, all of those things. So you definitely become really close with the, that group or that team. And mm -hmm. each team is a little bit different that you play on, but um, each team's a little bit different. But in general, for the most for the most part you know those girls that i played with i'm you know to this day i'm still pretty close with mm. and even the ones that maybe i don't talk to regularly i could pick up the phone tomorrow and call them and mm. we would be, we would hit it off just like we had played a game yesterday um those experiences i think bond you for life on a sure. team when you go through those highs and lows of a game or a, of a season yeah i could see that so Help us understand better because obviously most of us are not Olympians. There's a select few that are. How were you able to, to take your experience or your time in those two Olympics and how, 
turning that into a professional softball career. Because not everybody who who is an Olympian in whatever their particular sport is able to do that. So how were you able to do that? To uh, turn being an Olympian into, sorry. And becoming a, a pro softball player. Yeah. Um, well, I think. Was it are- a pretty easy transition to do that? Yeah, I think. Um, if you're playing on the Olympic team, obviously you're going to get drafted or asked to play probably on a professional team mm-hmm. um, just because you've been kind of like flagged or flagged that, hey, like this girl's this girl's got something good. Like she she can she can play the she can play the game well. Maybe she's a five tool athlete. Maybe she mm-hmm. does certain things really well. So you kind of get to pick or. Sometimes you get to, um, you know, or if you, maybe you're not, but you had some experience, then you can reach out to these teams and ask. And they're usually pretty happy that you're asking if Mm. you bring your softball resume with you. Um, In my case, uh, I was drafted out of college. I was actually drafted in the last round uh, as one of the last picks because um, they thought I was going to, I wouldn't be able to be there for the season because I would be with Team USA. Oh. Ended up playing with them. It's a three, it was a three month season. Um, my first, my first pro season. Um, I played with them for one month. Um, as a, yeah, I played for them with, for one month and we had a great time. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> became yeah. a pro and yeah. So you said the season was three months long. Mm-hmm. So when the season was done, what what was the off season like for you? Or is there even such a thing? <laughs> um, it just all right, for me, or do you want to know for just softball in general? Well, h- how about both? How how is it in softball in general? But how was it for you? For me, for like early in my career, I went. I went to back to school. I had to finish my degree after mm. the Olympics. So um, I had to go back and get my college degree, graduated from Tennessee. And then um, and then I eventually got my, in the off season, I, was, I went back to school again and I got my master's mm. online. So that was kind of like my focus in the beginning uh, because, you know, softball, it's a great sport. And there's opportunity in it and there's, you know, you can make make a good living playing and teaching, coaching, training, talking, I guess. <laughs> you can do all the things in softball, um, developing and different things within the game. But um, you have to have, you have to be well-rounded enough to be able to do that because a lot of times it's not like you're going to step into a front office job, so to speak. You know, many, you know, Derek Jeter retires and he made so much money, probably doesn't have to ever think about it, you know, or or there's um, maybe he goes and becomes, you know, a front office job or something if he wants. So there's things like that, that other sports, especially male sports, have have the liberty and the freedom to do whereas softball you know you have to, you do usually have to work or create something for yourself to be able to be, to be able to work 
in my career personally, when uh, the USA season was over during the summer, I started to play in Japan, which I could play professionally for overseas. And quite a few of the top players do that in the US. Mm. Top, Well, actually top players in the world play in Japan. It's the best league in the world for softball. Wow. Uh, so I played there for 14 years. Um, other than that, like we, a lot of athletes, I did this as well during my off season, we put on different sort of events to educate and coach and teach the game. Um, many, many pros give lessons, put on clinics, do public speaking appearances, different things like that to help continue to push the game forward. Gotcha. Now, when you started doing that, when you started in the off season stuff, when you were doing the, the clinics and the teaching part of it, how did you get into the speaking side? Um, Oh, um, how did I get into the speaking side? So I started to realize like I had, an audience in young ears, but not only did I have the young ears of the athletes, I had their parents' ears, which were older. So I had two, two different sets of basically generations, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And how can I relate my story, relate the things that have gone on in my life to get me where I am today, to be mm-hmm. able to like relate it to your athletes that are 12, you know, 10, maybe 11, let's just say 11 to 15. How do you relate them? That's a big group. And then how do you relate the parents that can be anywhere from like, let's say 25 to 50, (laughs) you know, know, they could be any. Mm -hmm. So like, how can you relate different nuggets and pieces of your pieces of your story, things that helped you make things that were good and made you successful, things that were tough or difficult and made you successful. So how can you relate these things? um, And how can you do that across? So once I started to do that within the softball community, then I started to open up different areas of public speaking to other communities that weren't related to uh, the sport, you know, that weren't softball based. Sure. And what made you decide to go that direction with the speaking? Um. I always think about if I can relate to them, if I can relate to the audience through my story um, Mm -hmm. and what is laid, just what is laid upon my heart. You know, if I can have an impact in an organization or an impact on a person that can help them think about something differently or that can potentially keep them motivated for something that something that they want in their lives, then I feel like, you know, I had so many people supporting me and like challenging me in those ways. How can I be a positive challenger to, to those groups? How can I, how can I spread the, spread the joy and the passion that was laid on my heart to them in a way that is relatable and that is inspiring to them? If I can do that, then, you know, obviously you know, I feel like I can put together a good speech for them and leave them with something that is impactful. Okay. Now, do you have like certain subjects that you can cover 
in these different talks that you do? Uh, yeah, I do lots of different subjects. Um, okay. Yes. So what are some of the topics that you cover? Uh, some of the topics I've covered is, well, in the past, I've covered everything. I've done events at like FFA, um, ag leaders. I've done uh, eating disorders. I've done women's equity, pay, pay mm -hmm. gap, all that sort of stuff. I've also done um, some business leadership. But I think my specialty speeches are in um, perseverance, okay. uh, determination, goal setting, and um, oppor creating opportunities are kind of some of the main topics I speak about. Gotcha. Okay. And are there certain audiences that tend to gravitate more toward that for you? Like those, certain, in certain industries? And No, those, those topics I tend to speak to more like just like groups, I guess, like so business, business groups or okay. social groups, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Now, do you do you see yourself going further with that in your career, meaning continuing to speak and to develop that sort of thing? Do you, are there any stages that you'd like to see yourself on in the future? <laughs> yeah, I definitely will continue to do public speaking and speeches. Um, I do uh, don't have one that I've really thought of. Um, but yeah, it would be great to be able to to do um, to do a speech or do to expand that more i go on mm -hmm. basically requests right now personal okay. requests um but yeah i'm looking forward to hopefully beefing that up in the future doing more of them okay yeah. well i will tell you as someone who's been in that world uh professional speaking for over 30 years um there is a stage i want to be on that i haven't yeah. been on before i want to be on a stage in front of a minimum of 10,000 people with tony robbins Oh, nice. That's a stage I want to be on. I'm not saying I'm going to get there, but that's, I'm reaching for that. Yeah. That's what I'm that. doing. Reach so for, reach for it and just land close by and hey, you never know. No, oh, yeah. I'd, everyone you get on is helpful. Every single one mm -hmm. is helpful because you're right. It, while you are talking to many people, if you could connect with just one. Yeah, right. That's what it's about. Absolutely. That is completely what it's about. Now, it seems more and more lately, uh, this is not something that I seek out, but I seem to have more and more guests on who approach life and their businesses with their faith. So mm -hmm. with that in mind, what role would you say your faith has, not just in your life, but in what you do, be that the clinics you put on, the uh, the talks you give, what sort of impact does faith have on your business? Um, yeah, I feel like faith is such a big thing um, for me. I think I first got to say, like, you know, how could I have made it? You know, there's so many people like, I mean, did the stars align? Was like, <laughs> how did this happen? Like, praise God, because who knows, like, that the stars align for this just why am i not playing basketball like i'm six three like why did i not play volleyball like my arm span is huge like 
I could have yeah. been a great swimmer. Like, why did I end up in softball? Um, why did the stars align for me there? And why did God put me in that position? And so when I think about my faith, I think a lot about that. Like, um, there is a direction of my life. And I feel like, you know, my life, I was telling you before the show started, my life versus Ephesians 5.1, and it's to live life like with childlike joy. And I always think about that because, you know, when, like I said, when I was pitching, I found, I found that joy, that passion that I was like, okay, like I can do this. Like I can be good at it. And I want to, I want to play. I always wanted to play the game that way. I wanted to be able to play that way with, you know, with that competitive fire so that people in the stands or on TV or on social media, they could see that he lived in me. Mm-hmm. And I knew if I did that, then, you know, I would be sharing the greatest light of all. And, um, yeah, that was always my goal. Now, have you had opportunities to do that, to share that? Yes. Yeah, I feel like I've done a good job with that. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about there, but, yeah. Well, I, I guess what I mean by that is someone like you, you have... Um, you have certain platforms that maybe many other people don't have. That is because you did play on the Olympic team more than once and you were a professional softball player that allowed you an opportunity to be able to talk to people that maybe others wouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's why I was asking that question. Did you take advantage of that to be able to do that, to be able to share the me- the various messages that you feel like God gave you with those audiences at various times. Yeah, when the timing is right, I think. I think timing is everything, you know. <laughs> in softball and life, when you're sharing when you're sharing stories or information or beliefs, you know, timing and the space the space you you share in is important. So, right the there has to be a safe space for people to be able to open their hearts. I mean, vulnerability is a real thing and people have to be comfortable to be able to share. So I think, um, yeah, I've done my best in that, I guess. Okay. Love that. So we talk a lot on the podcast about relationships. Obviously it comes in the name, but one of the things that, uh, I believe is that in order for us to be the absolute best we can be in business, it all starts at home, meaning the relationships that we have there, our most significant relationships. So here's my question. What are you doing right now to build into and to make better your most significant relationships at home? And what impact do those relationships have on your business? Um. Ooh. I would say, hmm, I would say like communication. That is where I would go. Um, that's my first thought. Uh, communication is the first thing that comes to my head because I think communicating, like in my case, my husband at home, like communicating with him uh, on what kind of things are going on, what's upcoming, what's not upcoming the de- all the minute details, the big details, all of them, 
um, really make a difference. And just being able to get perspective, right? Being able to get an outside view sometimes is important in how you go, you come back to the world through your business. So being able to communicate and pass the surface level on a deeper level, I think is huge. And that um, in turns help has in turn helped um, a lot of my events and everything be a lot more successful. Nice. Love to hear that. Let's talk a little bit more about your book. Okay. So uh, every author mm-hmm. has to answer this question. Why? Why write the book? Who's it for? Uh, and what do you want to see happen as a result of someone reading the book? Yeah. So the Rise and, Sh- Rise and Shine, the Monica out of the story, um, I wrote this because... Uh, well, one, I wanted to get my story on paper. Um, I feel like, I feel like, like I said, there's so many things. Like, how did I end up as a softball player? When I sit down and think about it, like, why did I end up playing softball as a pitcher? And so many people ask, you know, that how did I get to become an Olympian or do this? You know, I'm unique in the fact that, like, I've played a lot longer than most professional softball players. And I've also, you know, been pretty successful on the field, obviously athletically as well. And I wanted to be able to share, share some of those key moments, those pivotal moments um, in my life to the next generation, to, uh, to others so that um, they could recognize some of those moments in their own lives. Um, The book is tar. It's kind of like a mixed target, like I talked about before, because of the the different um, groups that I can associate with. There's that it's an easy to read book. It's <laughs> it's short. It's like I think it's less than 200 pages. Okay. Um, because we wanted it to be able to get to reach those middle schoolers that are dreaming big right now, mm. uh, and then have the dream tour play team play for USA softball. But we also wanted to reach the that strong group of women that um, understand that how understand how important that million dollar deal was, and yeah. what a game changer that was for society. Um, so we wanted to reach them, but we also wanted to reach the parents that have that have those daughters that you know have the dreams. You know, parents that were my parents, like their daughters are strong headed and strong willed and want to like want to go 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 and reach all their dreams and goals and super determined and motivated we wanted to reach them as well so we tried to hit a lot of different groups through my softball store and be able to share it um so that people had the information um it'll be available in paperback and um obviously on an ebook as well so but yeah that's kind of where the book is and that's why i wanted to write it okay are you going to do an audio version Yes, we are working on getting audible and auto audio audio version. Um, as of right now, it's not done, but hopefully, you know, by hopefully it'll be done and be out there. So you can, I'm sure I'll post it on my social media, but once it comes out, but yeah, we're going to work on doing an audible for it. Definitely. Definitely. Well, folks. You won't be, those of you who tune in on a regular basis will not be surprised with what I'm about to say. 
because the folks that I have on the show that are authors, this is something I do with regularity. And that is this. When Monica's book comes out, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take out your handy dandy phone. You need to take a screenshot of this episode. You have to tag Monica and you tag me. First person to do that. Monica doesn't know I'm about to do this, by the way. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a signed copy of Monica's book. I will find a way to get books to Monica so she can sign it for you. It's on me, on my dime. I will cover it because I think it's that important to get her story Thank out. Thank you. That's so nice. Yeah, what a great, my pleasure. What a great contest. <laughs> oh, I I do that with all my guests that have books because to me, and, and I this is this does not originate with me. It's my friend Jeff Brown. He has a podcast called Read to Lead. Mm -hmm. Readers lead and leaders read mm. so if you want to be a leader you have to be a reader you have yeah. to have to have to be a reader now if you really want it to sink in you're listening to it and reading it at the same time for real it it helps yeah. so much to retain the information i believe but it it's good stuff i love it and i could talk about reading for so so long in fact i'll mention this one other thing and folks for those of you who have heard this before you can just kind of tune me out right now but Monica's never heard this. So <laughs> this is for her, not for you guys necessarily. So Monica, about five years ago, I, I was getting frustrated because I'm the kind of person when I get a book, I get very excited about it. And I talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, I would have friends saying, oh, that sounds so great. And I would just willingly loan my book out. Now, what do you think didn't happen? I wasn't mm -hmm. getting it back. Right. And that was frustrating me. And so I don't know why it took so long, but finally I had an epiphany. I mean, really, it was almost like the heavens opened, the sunlight came down. I mean, ha ha ha. I mean, it, it hit me. Start buying two books <laughs> every time. One's for me to keep for me and one on purpose I give away. To give away. Nice. That's, I do that all the time now, all the time. Yeah. And the great thing, now I, I don't get to hear about it very often, but occasionally I get to hear about how the book has jumped around one book i know for sure changed hands seven times and across three continents nice yeah i love that yeah so that that was like okay it's working it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do yeah 100 percent. so i'm pumped about that um okay. folks i want to go ahead and mention right now monica told you about her website earlier um, I want to highlight something on her website. She has a shop on there. If you're interested in Monica and getting some really cool stuff that she has available on there, oh my gosh, there's so many cool things. I mean, you can get a signed national team jersey from her, which is super, super cool. She's got signed softballs. I mean, they're just, uh, tell us about some more of the stuff that's on there, Monica. Yeah, I mean, my the website's just like, one stop for all things Monica Abbott, basically. You can find out more about the scholarship. You can apply and donate to it. There's a bio with all the records that you mentioned and all that. Um, if you really want to do a deep dive, but please don't. Um, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, there's a store. There's a store component. It has, you know, replica jerseys that you can buy uh, signed um, for, your for your favorite softball player. That's right. Uh, there's, you know, eight by tens. There's some memorabilia options as well. Uh, and then some educational stuff, too. Uh, if you are a softball player, or your daughter is. There's, of course, you know, video analysis and 
mm. virtual lessons and different options like that. But um, yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. And the book is up there too. Like nice. <laughs> so yeah, there's a little area for the book as well. So love that. Love to have you stop by if you'd like. Absolutely. Now, because I believe that failing is a critical component to success. Tell us about a time where you failed big and what was the result of it? I mean, when did we all not fail? <laughs> I think anytime you fail, it always feels big, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, it's okay. Like That's true. 2020, you're like, oh yeah, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> right. A week okay. later, you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. This one is way worse. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, no. Um. Gosh, I think I've failed so many times. I've kind of forgot about all all of them. I just <laughs> short term memory loss. Like, just gotta ah. <laughs> I guess that that makes sense. As a pitcher, you would have to have that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think for me, some of my big failures that I always like hate to talk about, but are the ones that, you know, you throw something and you lose the game because of it. Like you miss a spot and you lose the game because of it. You know, those are those are heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, because you've come so far, right? Like you've come so far and then you just yeah. kind of, you can't, you can't finish it. You just can't close the door on it. And yeah. I think those build a lot of character and determination and drive in people. And it shows, um, shows you how important it is in any given moment, right? Like any mm -hmm. given moment, any given time. And it makes you raise your level of focus, I think, in those moments. And for me, that's definitely happened multiple times and it challenges you to evolve and grow. And mm -hmm. like I said, but my biggest piece of advice is like, you struggle if you fail in something. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to feel bad for yourself because I think that would be a lie, right? Like, feel bad for yourself. <laughs> like, to... Yes. Just don't do it forever. <laughs> like, yeah. Self a timeline. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, it happened. Like, feel bad for like an hour or two. Like, and then mm -hmm. figure out, you got to figure out the next step. And a lot of times it is true what they say. You got to get back on the bike. You got to get back out there and do it again. Sometimes mm -hmm. that's the most important thing. And be be smart enough and mature enough to to analyze yourself, right? Like, what can I do different? How can I change it um, in case this happens again, in case I'm presented in this same situation? Sure. How are you investing in yourself right now? Um, what are you doing to make Monica better? Um, I think, you know, Actually, sorry, uh, John, I want to ask you, how much longer do Okay, so we were talking about, um, well, it doesn't really matter. I can edit this part out anyway. So <laughs> I lost track of where I was. Oh, I asked you what you're doing right now to invest in yourself to make you better. I think like for me, for me or for anyone, I think it's like consistency, consistent habits, right? Like, okay. I think the biggest thing for me is 
I need to take more time to like, I need to take a little bit more time each day for myself, um, if that makes sense. And so I can do that in multiple ways, whether that's a walk on my own or like you said, reading or, um, you know, watching, you know, not the little moments, but just taking a little bit of time so that I can like recharge my own battery to be able to give out to others. Um, Sure. Yeah. I get that for sure. Now we're coming close to wrap up time right here. Is there anything you want to be sure to let folks know about you or your story that we have not covered at this point? You know, I feel like we've covered so much. You know, I've obviously like I've played softball and made and I made a career out of it. Um, but that wasn't the goal in the beginning. I think in the beginning, you just followed your passion, right? And then you, all of a sudden you could find a way. I found a way to like make my passion and a career at the same time. And um, I challenge you guys to do that as well. Um, it's been one of the biggest joys and blessings in my life. And yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. Love that. Love that. All right, Monica, we've come to our final four. And there are four quick questions. Just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. All right, here we go. Question number one. Why did God create Monica? To play softball. I love that. Yeah. Probably one of the most honest answers I've received to this point. Yeah. Question number two. What are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Uh, I am... Definitely reading anything, reading anything, Adam Grant, always. Okay. Uh, yeah. Always good. Podcasts. I kind of vary on all the podcasts. I listen to a couple different ones. Um, yeah. I rotate through those, but um, yeah. Okay. What do you do for fun? I work out for fun. <laughs> I see. How could you not? I mean, you've been doing it for so long. I mean. Yeah. All right. What would you say you're most grateful for? Um, most grateful for um, the opportunities that have opened up to me over mm -hmm. the years and also for the support system that I have to help me, that has helped me, you know. Perfect. Perfect. Well, listen, Monica, thank you very much for your time today and for investing some of your time in us because I appreciate that very, very much. So thank you. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. And thank you to all of you for tuning in today. As always, you know, I greatly treasure your investment of time because it's a resource I know you can't get back. So thank you so much for being here and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.